Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. We are finishing up our series this week. We began a series this month called Stranger Things because we can't find any stranger thing than this, this time and season that we're in right now. And um, it's a really, really interesting time. We've been in a study about the life of Elijah and how important that's been to hear the word of the Lord and to connect with the word of the Lord at this time. Amen. Let me read you some scriptures. Today's message as we finish up is called Forcefully Advancing. Forcefully advancing. Acts chapter 3 is where we're going to begin in verse 19, uh, where the Bible says, Repent therefore. This is Peter's message to the people that are getting saved and the outpouring of the Spirit. Repent therefore and be converted, be saved, be changed, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Think about that. Times of refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord. That's a word right there. Verse 20. And that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven, listen to this, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things. That's very powerful. I'm going to say that again. Verse 21. Whom heaven must receive. Jesus Christ is is seated in the heavenly places physically right now, until something happens. And look what it says. Until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all of his holy prophets since the world began. My friends, we're going through a season of restoration, not just restoration for you personally, but restoration is a process of restoring all that the church has lost of the power of the early church through the dark ages through all the periods of time in history, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is being prepared for his second coming, but the times of restoration are happening right now. And that's part of the anointing of Elijah and John the Baptist we're talking about today. Now, Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, from God's Word translation. From the time of John the Baptist, the baptizer until now, remember, he is the one who carried the spirit and power of Elijah before the first coming of Jesus. The time of John the baptizer until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful people have been seizing it. The Amplified says they've been seizing it by force as a precious prize. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal an intense exertion. I want you to think of that language right there. That there's a share in the heavenly kingdom. Well, a share is something you, you, you receive. It's your, part of your inheritance. You, you have a share in the kingdom of God. But the Bible says this, that the share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent or fiery zeal and passion and intense exertion. And finally, in our text, Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is, Faith is now. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, 
the evidence of things not seen or not yet seen by the five senses. Let's pray together one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart? Holy Spirit, we need your anointing to break and destroy yokes of bondage and limitation and to lift the heavy burdens off of people's hearts and minds, off their finances, off their souls, off their jobs, off their families, and off of their health. In Jesus' name, amen. So to review this crazy month as we study the life of Elijah, there is a prophetic Elijah type of anointing coming upon the body of Christ for the last days. When I say last days, the Bible says for the last 2,000 years, Jesus called it and the early apostles called it the last days. So it doesn't mean it's tomorrow or the next day or whatever, but we need, to, we need to live like Jesus could come back today, but we need to prepare to live and plan as if he doesn't come back till for 100 years, okay? So it's an anointing that turns hearts of parents toward their kids and vice versa. It's an anointing from heaven that prepares the way of the Lord and makes his path straight. It's an anointing that restores lost or broken things. Fulfilled in the life of John the Baptist before Jesus' first coming and the body of Christ before his second coming. Now, the kingdom of God, what we teach around here is the kingdom of God is not just about going to heaven when you die. That's the ultimate, that's the ultimate eternity. That's awesome. But God's not done with the earth. And the Bible says the kingdom of God is his functional system or administration, the way he works, the way that life works best. And the word of God says that it was never intended to be passive. The kingdom of God doesn't mean you join a church that you become religious and you sit and soak on your blessed assurance waiting for Jesus to come. It's about winning lost people. It's about building bridges toward lost people. It's about, it's about loving hurting people and broken people and, and helping to set an example for them how to know Jesus, how to know God through his son Jesus Christ in a personal way. That's why we're here. It was never intended to be a passive existence or a religiously predictable, just go to church all the time. That's why I'm not shocked by this time. I'm surprised by what we've been through the last couple of months. But let me tell you something. I heard someone say the other day that we have now seen the church change in what probably would have taken 20 years. The church has now changed in the last six weeks because of God moving in spite of what the enemy is doing. God did not cause sickness and disease. He's not a killer. He's a giver of life. But understand this, the church has changed and the kingdom is advancing because that's what the kingdom of God does. The Bible says, of the increase of his kingdom and his righteousness, there will be no end. That means the whole purpose of, of, of the kingdom of God moving forward is that it's always advancing, it's always increasing, it's always growing, even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, even when we don't think that's going on, even when we don't see it with our eyes. Elijah and John the Baptist were both a little rough around the edges. Their faith was never wimpy. It was never politically correct. It was never just about just going to sit and listen to a message. He was always challenging. These, these two men carrying the spirit and power of Elijah and therefore us, the challenge is that we can't be wimpy or politically correct. It was an aggressive sort of faith. Why? Because God's kingdom is always meant to advance under pressure. 
God's kingdom is always meant to advance under pressure. That's what happens. Both of these guys were outdoorsmen. They were radically obedient to God. They preached a message of repentance from dead works and both declared hope for the future. Matthew 3 describes John the Baptist as the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, which is what was Elijah's call. Both of them were extreme zealots. And when you see, when you see this, these ruffians, this rough, rough guys, they were, they were, they were kind of, uh, they, they didn't have to be um, with people all the time to feel strong or to feel good about themselves. The Bible says of John the Baptist, he was an unusually dressed fellow that wore camel hair in a time when not many people did. Had a big leather belt. I, don't, I wondered if the, the camel hair had a hump on it or not. That's, that's, you know, that's just me. But he had a leather, big leather belt, the Bible says. Probably had a grasshopper leg sticking out of his mouth. Why? Because the Bible says he ate locusts and lived on wild honey. His beard was probably matted with honey and having grasshoppers come out of it. Now, this, guy, this is a strange guy. This is a real different kind of guy. This guy is not bowing to the conformity of the moment. And neither can we. Unfortunately, the Christian faith has become anything but radical. Denominationalism has created comfortable religious encampments more than Book of Acts power centers of salvation, healing, and deliverance. Those are the things that give people hope. And what we need to be doing right now, my friends, is keeping hope alive because a lot of people are feeling pretty hopeless right now. Part of our DNA is the need to have something to look forward to. I know about you, one, one, of the, one of the hardest parts for me in this time is all of our plans for celebrations. We're doing something next Friday night for our 30th anniversary. Pastor TK will tell you a little bit about it and how to find out more about it at the end of the service. But Part of my thing is, I mean, my, my wife and I had our 40th wedding anniversary going into the lockdown and, had to, and, and canceled a trip that we were supposed to be away. Then our birthdays came and went. We had, thank God for family being around us, but in terms of our plans, our plans, our plans, what good are the plans of man in a moment like this? And yet God knows that we need something to look, to look forward to. And so we need to have our faith and our hope set upon this fact. Our God still does miracles. Our God is a miracle-working God. The moment, we, the moment we back away from that, the moment we lose that fact, the moment we lose sight of that fact in our hearts is the moment we begin to falter. We used to sing a song back in the day, I anticipate the inevitable supernatural Intervention of God, I expect a miracle. I expect a miracle. I love that definition of miracles. What is a miracle? It's the inevitable supernatural intervention of God. And we've got to expect it. The Bible says that the man at the, at the gate beautiful in Acts chapter four, when the disciples were coming upon him and he gets there, the Bible says he looked at them and asked them for alms and he looked at them expecting to receive something. And Peter said, I'm not gonna give you money. I'm gonna give you something better. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. You know, a lot of things are better than money. Miracles. That man that day wanted another dollar, another denarii, another whatever, another shekel, 
But instead, he met the God of miracles and he was healed and probably never had to beg again. My friends, sometimes we're looking for something, we're looking for the wrong thing. We need to look for, with the expectation of a miracle. Fundamentally, faith is the realization of what you're hoping for. Fundamentally, faith is the realization. It's, the, it's you see it before you see it. You, you, you see it in your heart. You see it in your spirit. You see it in the future, in your dreams, in your vision. You see it before it materializes in the natural. And the Bible says you gotta have hope to do that. And you gotta keep hope alive. One of our great couples in the church is gonna give us a greeting now this week. Our great friends, John and Stacy Gresser, let's say hello to them. Hey everyone, we're so excited to be here with you today and to um, celebrate this new day. And we just wanted to share a little bit um, from our hearts as far as what God is doing in our life and what he has done in the past. And um, we just wanted to encourage you today that, um, that if you've lost your job um, or if you're worried about sickness, that we just wanted to let you know that you don't have to live in fear. Um, just from years ago, I had a hard time where I was not making enough money. I, did, I was believing God for gas money. I didn't have money to put in my car, let alone to pay all of my bills. And I was just believing that he would provide for me. And I, one thing I never did is I never stopped sowing. I never stopped giving um, because I knew that God's word says that if we trust him in this and if we um, give our seed, um, that he is faithful and that he will always promise um, seed to the sower. And so when I had that time where I could barely pay my bills, he always came through for me. Um, I was, he would bring people to me, whether they would help me with groceries, um, or someone would give me a gift card to help for gas, um, or people just to encourage me, just to let me know that, hey, I am going to get through this, that this is not the end, that we are moving forward, and that we don't have to remain here, and that um, he was faithful. And if you look at the birds... Um, they don't worry about tomorrow. They just know that God has already planted them and given them seed um, for them to eat, that they don't have to worry about it. So how much more does God love you than he loves the birds? And so if he promises that he's going to take care of them, he will take care of you. Yeah, Philippians 4, Paul talks about in all times um, being content, like even if you're rich or you're poor, whether you're hungry or whether you're full about being content, and that's what we need to be in these times. You know, it's easy when things are, are going well and you're blessed um, and prosperous. You know, it's easy to thank God and, and to be a giver and all, but in times of uh, testing like this, that's when it really uh, shows your character on can you still thank God in a difficult time, but it's these struggles that define us and, and show us who we really are, and if we haven't still have an open hand for giving during this time. That means our hands open to receive God's blessing, but if our hands closed off during this time because you know maybe you lost your job or uh, you're just furloughed right now, and so you feel that, oh, well, I can't give much right now or help others in need because I need myself, but if you keep your hand open to, 
to giving and, and looking for those around that you can help. God, your hands open to receive God's blessing, but if your hands closed off, then it's going to be closed off for God's blessing. So just stay encouraged that God is with us. He's going to help us through this time, that we're going to come out stronger than we were before. We're just looking forward uh, to being back in church together, but just remember we're in the church wherever we are. Looking forward to seeing you all again soon. Thank you, Gressers. What a great uh, message there. They didn't even know what I was preaching about today, forcefully advancing, but that's the message. That's what God is speaking to our hearts right now. Hope is the target of faith. If you don't have hope, there's no way you can have faith. Hope is where you can look up and say, God, I trust you. Give me something to see. Give me something to look at. I said earlier, you know, we, we, we love to look forward to something. We love to look forward to, you know, meet sporting events or Christmas or, you know, different things like that. Right now, a lot of people are freaking out because they don't know what, nobody knows the timing of all these things. In some states, this thing may go on longer. I'm believing God in the next few weeks, we're gonna be meeting again on weekends. And I'll just tell you now, we'll do as many services as we have to do. We're very excited to see you. We can't wait to see you. We miss human contact. We miss you. We miss our people. <clears throat> Pardon me, we're praying for you. We're believing for you. Um, and we're standing with you in this time. But bigger than that, God is standing with us all at this time. When Elijah ran into the wilderness, he'd lost sight of his future. After the attack of, uh, of Jezebel, he was vulnerable in that moment because he had fulfilled a big part of his destiny. He had seen his goals fulfilled. And sometimes when your goals are fulfilled, um, you're a sitting duck for a spiritual attack. When my wife and I were first ordained in ministry back in the 80s, we, 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 we were working so hard to become pastors, to, be, to get in ministry, to find that doorway in. We had been in the insurance business for four, almost five years here in Ocala, and we had, had developed all these relationships with people. And all of a sudden, we found ourselves in this very precarious situation where um, the door finally opened and so we were so, our whole faith was set on a moment of breakthrough to be in the ministry. And as that door opened and we crossed into it, within a few weeks, we were actually kind of in a spiritual funk for a minute. And you say, well, how can that happen? Because that was all God showed us at that point. For years, he showed us we were called to ministry. And so we, we pursued, we pursued, we leaned in, we pressed, we believed, we trusted, we sowed. All the things were happening when we finally found fulfillment, we were just entering, we were just in stage one. We were still green. We were still learning what that whole, what pastoral ministry meant. <laughs> but when we stepped into it, almost got depressed because we were in this, well, what's next? What's next? And I want to tell you something, friends. God doesn't always show you or me what's next. He doesn't always show us chron chronological order to things but he wants you to look forward to being with him. This is the part that, that Elijah begins to realize in Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah says this, for I know, God writes, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, shalom, and not of evil to give you a future and listen, a future and a hope. A future and a hope. Number one, God is thinking about you. That's what that verse says. 
God is th- I know the thoughts that I think about you. Even when you're going through a crisis, even when you're going through loss or grieving or hurt or confusion or layoff or whatever it is, or you have to stay at home for six or seven weeks, whatever it is, God says, I'm thinking about you. Second, he, th- he says his thoughts about you are not of thoughts about how you must be down in the dumps. His thoughts of, for you are towards shalom, which means peace, prosperity, health, and wholeness. Even in the midst of turmoil, God's already seen his, he has already seen his victory through you and in you. He already sees you coming out the other side. You gotta see it. And finally, number three, he always already sees your future filled with hope. He already sees your future filled with hope because God is the ancient of days. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Our lives have already happened to God. I mean, they've already, he's already seen the end from the beginning. He already knows how this is gonna play out. You and I don't know that, but he does. And that's where we trust this. For years, Elijah saw the decay of his nation as Jezebel and Ahab began to take over and rule the nation and, and begin to set up idols and worship of Baal and worship of Molech and other gods. Even in the temple, even in the place where God, only, only the living God was to be worshiped and his presence was to be enjoyed, not just endured. The nation decayed and the people turned away from God. That's why Elijah knew famine was coming. Because when a nation turns its heart away from God, when a world pushes God away, God's covering is pushed back. But his love isn't. In God's mercy, he still works. And so he sends Elijah, and Elijah sees the famine coming, prophesies it, and sees the coming revival, and then challenges the prophets of Baal, and then sees the people's hearts turn back to God, the Bible says, and then the rain comes, both spiritual and natural rain, restoration, reformation. And suddenly as the rain fell, and Elijah ran to confront Ahab, he fulfilled God's vision for his life to that point. Everything he'd seen up to that point was fulfilled. His purpose, as far as he could see, as far as he knew, was over. Maybe God's done with me. And suddenly witchcraft, an attack from Jezebel, a, 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 a something that, uh, like a backlash, begins to hit and begins to mess with his mind and put him over the top in emotional depression. Even after the angel food cake we talked about last week and catching up on sleep, Elijah opened his heart and his mouth to a huge pity party. As he arrives to the mountain of God, he takes shelter in a cave where the word of the Lord comes to him. And God asks this, what are you doing here, Elijah? I always love it when God asks questions in the Bible, when he asks questions of you and of me. Why? Because when God asks you a question, he's always trying to make a point. He's not asking you for information. In fact, God says, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah should have said, the angel told me to come here. What do you mean? But it wasn't about the geography. It wasn't about why are you here on this mountain? He was, God was saying, why are you in this position? Why are you depressed? Why are you upset? Why are you by yourself? Why are you, why are you spiritually isolating? Why are you running away? Why did you pray to die under a tree? God knows the answer, but he wants to hear what you and I say when he asks us a question. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
And when your mouth speaks something, you and God both know what's actually going on in there. So Elijah makes a whining speech. In fact, twice in scripture, the Bible says there's a, there's a whole verse where he whines the very same words at least twice. And basically it starts with this. I've been very zealous for the Lord, but I'm the only one left still serving you. God, I'm the only one righteous. I'm the only one, I'm all by myself. Isn't it funny, he's talking about feeling isolated and yet he is the one that pushed his servant away, left his servant in one city and went on by himself. And now he's whining about being alone. I'm alone, I'm the only one left. Let me ask you a question this morning. What are you doing here during this pandemic? Please notice the Almighty did not ask Elijah or you, why are you here? That's a different thing. Why are you here? No, but what are you doing while you're here? What are you doing here? What is your action? What's your, what action are you taking right now in your life? Because I know a lot of people just want to crawl into a hole and cry. Or whine about, I feel so isolated. I wish this thing was over. Well, I wish it was over too. But guess what? Wishing doesn't get you anything. Proverbs 13, 12 says it this way. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. Having desire for God is the tree of life you need right now in the midst of this time. Why? Because hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope put on the back burner. Some of you, instead of hoping... Some of you are holding right now. You're in a spiritual holding pattern. And I understand that, I understand it. But I realize through this month, what God is speaking to us is, it's not time to just hang on. It's not time to just kind of make it through. This is time to advance. The kingdom of God advances through times just like this. The kingdom of God is, a, is alive and well and moving forward. And God's miracle power, God is in the miracle business, not the religion business. Not the denomination business. God is in the people business and the miracle business. And he's still moving. His kingdom is still moving forward. Having desire for God is a tree of life. I love what Mark Batterson says in one of my favorite books, Chase the Lion, he said this, in every dream journey, there comes a moment when you have to quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. You have to go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. I love that. You're gonna live, you're gonna fulfill your purpose. There's gonna be a defining moment or two or nine where you have to actually decide to quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at your funeral. It's not. It's about ministering to other people. It's not the time to curl up in a ball and cry or just twiddle your thumbs waiting for life to begin again. When the government says you can, is that when you're gonna live your life? When the government says, okay, back to work, you're finally essential? No, no, because why? Because Jesus lives in us and his power is in us, not when the government gives permission, but when we believe. When we stand in that presence, when we value that word of the Lord, more than our necessary food. Here's the great news. 
Well, Elijah felt like he was empty and losing everything. God was actually preparing him for multiplication and exponential growth. You say, where's that in the Bible? Well, after all the dramatic fanfare, the Bible says that that Elijah went into a little cleft, a little cave portion of this mountain. He hunkers down for the night, and when he wakes up the next morning, or at some point in that night, I don't know which, the Bible says that the earth began to shake. And then the wind began to blow. And then a fire passed by, and God wasn't in any of it. I get concerned that sometimes when we talk about the God of miracles, you're looking for, ta-da! You're looking for the fanfare moment. For Elijah, he had already seen the God of heaven open up and rain, but now he realizes that God isn't just in the dramatic. He's not in the earthquake, he's not in the wind blowing, and he's not in the fire. You know what God is in? The Bible says, and the Lord speaks to Elijah in a still, small voice. Telling him this, first, you're not the only one, Elijah. You're not by yourself. I've got 7,000 other followers in position right now. 7,000. Elijah thought he was alone. God said, I've got 7,000. God knew how many, God knows how many people are being faithful to him. Because it's a heart issue. Second, God says, I'm not done with you. I've still got a huge purpose for your life. And I believe that for you as well. Thirdly, God says, I've got several successors that you're gonna raise up who will finish everything you've started. You know, it gives me such excitement about the future. For 30 years, we got our anniversary, as I said, coming up May 1st, this coming up Friday. 30 years. In many ways, it's gone by like that. Some seasons like this feel long, but they don't really last long. It only feels like it when you're in the middle of it. And as he, Elijah, hears from God, he wraps his head in his coat in his mantle and leans in because he, he so realizes, I don't care about all the dramatic. I got to hear the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is more valuable to me than all this other stuff, all this extra. So I want to say this to you. Hearing from God is what produces fresh faith. Hearing the preaching of the word today, I hope for you. In your devotions tomorrow or tonight, when your children tune in tonight at six o'clock online and hear a lesson from children's ministry. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not just having heard. Like flour makes bread. Hearing from God is the ingredient for faith that's alive. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds from the mouth of God. His living word brings life wherever it flows. My friends, the exponential growth of the power of God comes through 
pouring out into others, the power of impartation through relationship. And that's not about who you're in the room with necessarily. It's about who you're connecting with, contacting, who you're talking on the phone with, who you're talking on, on, on all the devices and all the ways with Zoom meetings and, and Facebook groups and everything else. It's about relationship. The anointing is imparted through leading, training, and equipping and building relationship. And Elijah was instructed to raise up Hazael as king of Syria. Isn't that interesting? An unsaved country with an unsaved king, but God said, I want you to raise him up. I've got a plan for him. Jehu, the king of Israel, and Elisha would become the prophetic leader for the nation in his place. So what's our takeaway today? Here it is. Social distancing or not, I hope you're finding creative ways of encouraging, strengthening, building relationships with others, praying for them and declaring today the kingdom of God has come near to you. Why? Because the kingdom of God is forcefully, forcefully advancing, not just next month or next year or in six months or when we get to see sports again or have normal life. The kingdom of God is forcefully advancing right now and you're either advancing with it or you're shrinking back. How are you advancing the kingdom of God during this strange time? I wanna pray for you because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. I wanna pray with you right now. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for every person who's hearing the sound of my voice, every person who's experiencing that touch from God today. Holy Spirit, would you move through this message? And would you cause people to be enlarged on their insides? Father, we look forward to celebrations. We look forward to gatherings. We look forward to trips. We look forward to missions. We look forward to all the things that we look forward to in this life. But Father, we look forward to nothing more than we look forward to being in your presence, hearing your word. Because it's your word that sets us free. It's your word that changes us from the inside out. My friend, if you don't know Jesus, you can know him today. You can experience his presence right now, whether you've been, maybe you were raised in a Christian home and for whatever reason you backed away. Right now, this is your moment. Would you cry out to God and just say, Jesus, I need you. Come into my heart, baptize me, immerse me in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. If you'll pray that prayer right now and you'll mean it, I'm telling you, your whole future is changing because instead of looking at this as a time of nothingness, this is a time where the kingdom is advancing for you, in you, through you, supernaturally, if you'll just let him do what he does. God bless you. Let's worship God together right now. Keep being the church. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.